Views expressed on this program are those of the hosts, guests, and callers, and are not necessarily those of this station, its management, or other advertisers. You're listening to Transformation Talk Radio. Hi, welcome. This is Dr. John Martini. This is one of the most amazing and inspiring shows that you can listen into. If you want to be on the edge of your seats, if you want to open up your heart, if you want to expand your mind, and you want to meet incredible people, stay tuned because you're just about to experience a transformative radio show that will change your life. And you're listening to the Dr. Pat Show that's coming up right next. Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. Talk radio to thrive by. Powerful, inspiring, and coming to you live, bringing you stories of people like you and me, busting through and living life full out. Get ready to dare to wonder what your life would be like if you knew you could not fail. Welcome, everyone. Yes, indeed. Yay, we made it. Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show, everyone. It is so great to be connecting with all of you. Yeah, just don't know. We got a little Menahuni uh, trapped in the ethers right there. But we have got a great show for you guys today. Uh, Amit Goswami joining me here today. Dr. Amit Goswami joining me here today. We've got a great show for you. Uh, today, we're going to talk about the quantum activist. And, you know, part of this is, you know, discovering, um, you know, who this gentleman is and what it is about his life that he has dedicated um, to all of us to take a look at. You know, what are your feelings today about God? What are your feelings about, you know, saying the word God? Um, you know, it's really interesting because um, I, I went to uh, a church for really a lot of years. And, and what I discovered about that church is that they had a really hard time saying the word God. And, uh, and, and for myself, you know, I've always had to think about what my relationship is with my higher power, the God of my choice. Today... We're going to be talking about many, many things, but mostly, you know, what is it about this visionary man that has so led the field for us to understand what our quantum creativity is, you know, how we engage both inner and outer forms of healing and medicine, you know, what creative evolution is all about, you know, his book uh, that he wrote there on that. And then in the book that I have in front of me, you know, God is not dead. And there are so many times where I've picked this book up and I've, I've had a chance to look at it and think to myself, you know, why are we looking at the world the way we do? And then what is it about a project he's working with, the quantum activist, that is so much a part of the energy of today? Um, what a great show you guys have planned for you right now. Dr. Goswami, thank you for joining us here today. Welcome to the show. My pleasure, Dr. Pat. It's been a while since you and I talked. Uh, I know it's been a, a couple of, of years. And, you know, for us, this is our 10th year. And it has been so amazing to see the level that your work is being recognized. And, you know, in the people that are relating to the relevance of so many things today. You know, I want to start by asking you this question. 
I know that this is not just a book that you've written. I know that what you do is so much a part of your life. How have things changed in the past 10 years? And what I mean by that is, you know, how have people changed? Consciousness changed. You know, where would you say we are in the scheme of things? Well, um, certainly things are changing for the better. Uh, Better in the sense of movement of consciousness is going in the right direction to make us better people in the sense of more positivity, more uh, hope, more creativity, and all that. And and that universe evolves that way. The evolution, when you um, go through uh, reformulating evolution in terms of consciousness, what you get is a very optimistic message. The purpose of the universe is to bring the archetypes that Plato defined, you know, those things that we call it, love, beauty, justice, truth, abundance, those things in manifestation. So the evolution is entirely uh, geared towards manifesting more love, uh, more justice, and we are seeing that. Um, Today we live in a world where uh, indeed, uh, there is, uh, of course, forces of opposition, like the scientific materialists and, of course, the old guards of religions. Uh, but there is also a new awareness of what spirituality means to us, what being a human being means to us, that there is a human potential waiting for us to manifest in our own lives. There is awareness of that. And the reason that quantum activism is becoming popular is because in quantum physics, more and more people are recognizing that there are potential, there are possibilities to live by. Quantum physics is the physics of possibility, as I say repeatedly whenever I get the opportunity, and people are recognizing that, that there is no reason for us to be pessimistic about the future. There are possibilities galore, and we can manifest them, and we can be better. You know, it's it's so. I'm so excited to be talking with you. I mean, you know, I think many of us that began on this journey ten years ago certainly, you know, recognize um, you know, the breakthrough film. Uh, what the bleep do we know? Uh, and you know, certainly that was a, an, a really amazing breakthrough in in presenting questions that we have not asked ourselves before. And, and I don't mean a handful of us. I mean a large group of people that started to look at the world differently. Um, what is it about becoming or being a quantum activist that will pull our so- souls forward in the spirit of a higher consciousness? Well, um, no, the main thing that I find that is very um, exhilarating about quantum activists, being a quantum activist, and dedicating your life to being quantum creative, which is the basic thing really of quantum activism, is, is that you get to fulfill your dream of being an individual. Um, you know, the opposition, uh, in this case scientific materialists and, and people of that ilk, cognitive behavioral therapists, and the politicians who serve the old guard, um, they all try to keep you in your own average place. They want you to be the normal average person, not really an individual with creativity, with aspirations of your own. They want you to be followers. 
Whereas um, how we envision the world, and uh, here I have presidents, you know, the great um, uh, psychologist, deaf psychologist, uh, who follow Jung, for example, um, they have discovered the same thing, that our uh, purposiveness in the universe is expressing itself in a different way. We want to be a society of creative individuals. We want to have both non-locality and locality in our communication ability. We want to have both social, cultural conditioning uh, to learn things uh, that has been learned already, but we have to take it further. We know that there is a lot more work to do in terms of uh, representing the archetypes within our being, and we want to do it. We cannot do it by being a society of followers, by being an average society. Or we can do it only by being a society of creative individuals. So, if, um, you know, this is the basis of the American dream. Uh, quantum activism is just one more step to fulfill the American dream. Why do we need activism to establish quantum physics? Because the old guard, uh, the scientists and uh, the social um, academies and others who uh, keep want to keep the Newtonian physics, that Newtonian way of thinking and behavioral way of behaving and allopathic medicine, conventional medicine, all this conventional stuff based on scientific materialism, they all are against change. Mm. This is why the quantum worldview is not coming forth in a, um, in a quick way that it should. We should have an open mind. But what happened in science, we did an about turn. We became dogmatic. Scientific materialism is as much of a dogma as popular Christianity. You know, I love what you're talking about here because let's talk about the old guard for a minute. You know, for many of the people listening to the show, there are going to be a lot of people that are going to tap right into that and they're going to say, oh, yeah, I know what they're talking about. You know, there are going to be some people that say, I'm not quite sure what we're talking about with the old guard. But I know, you know, based on my own journey in research and science, what I had to go up against in order to create the kind of uh, project that I wanted to create, you know, going up against somebody and saying, this has never been done before. Please let me do this. And, and what that case and that argument had to be about. And so when I hear you talk about this, um, I was very fortunate to have somebody on my committee that said, you know what, we're going to go ahead and do this. And so what if it doesn't fit, you know, this theory? But how does one... In, in such a poetic way that you've just described it, you know, how do, do we as individuals, you know, begin to look at, quote, the old guard and then know what kind of action to take for our own lives, so to speak? Well, you know, James Silman put it best. Uh, this is one of the death psychologists that I very much uh, admire. Um, he said, really, uh, the archetypes follow you. So we don't really have to worry so much about how the inspiration of investing or investigating in a particular archetype comes to right. us, mm-hmm. because the archetypes will come to us and give us an intuitive thought or a synchronicity. And uh, you remember when, uh, I'm sure, when you were allowed to choose the 
uh, topic of your research uh, yeah. by this wonderful man in the committee. Yeah. But why did he come along? How did he come along? You know, right. it, it could be interpreted as an event of synchronicity. I know the same thing happened to uh, one of my uh, graduate students in uh, psychology um, who was daring enough to take me, a physics professor, as an yeah. advisor, but uh, she was having problems because um, we were uh, doing quantum physics, applying quantum physics to cognitive experiments. And then um, unexpectedly on her, on her, this is her final thesis exam, and unexpectedly uh, the professor who was supposed to be the most antagonist said this, that I don't like your thesis, I don't like what you are saying in this and what you seem to have proven. However, I have absolutely no intellectual objection that I can give it. So therefore, I'll pass you. Yes. God bless you. <laughs> so such an honest man. I mean, this is unexpected because usually people will say all this and then they will say, therefore, I won't pass you. Right. But he said uh, very honestly that I cannot find any fault with it. I, I, I do agree with your conclusions in terms of reasoning. And the data, all that is explained, it is sound, and therefore I'll pass you, although I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know what? I, I'll tell you, my dissertation process had very similar things come out of it. Um, and there's a part of this that I do want to talk with you about, you know, especially about the quantum activist. Many people that, that know me on a personal level, and I'm sure you've heard this yourself, um, they look at you and they say, oh, my gosh, you are like the luckiest person on the planet. You know what? You did this in your life. You did that in your life. You met this person. You did that person. Um, and one of the things that I haven't thought about until, you know, I was looking at the film and, and I knew I was going to talk to you is I could not have put this plan for my life together. Co- you know, cognitively. Do you know what I'm trying to say? It's like you I sit down. Exactly yeah, right, right. You get it, right? I mean, it's like if you sit down with your coach, right? And your coach says, okay, put your goals together. Okay, do this. Okay. No way. No way would have that been my story. Would have I have even been here today? So I want to talk with you about the things that happen in life and how we can best look at the possibility and the opening because I have had more disappointments and no's in my life that have turned out to be the most brilliant plan that had to be a God plan because it wasn't mine. Yeah. Yeah. You are doing very well. <laughs> that yeah. is the way it is. That is the way for every creative person. The um, number of synchronicities that happen around every bit of creative work is just astounding. Some yes. people keep track of it. Some people um, are so arrogant, um, and, and that's okay. Creativity is not affected by arrogance in, in so long as it is outer creativity. So some people are so arrogant that they think um, they all take it for all the synchronicities for granted. But the point is that the uh, that the archetypes really are uh, quite um, uh, good helpers. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if it is appropriate to talk in terms of anthropomorphizing them so much, but it is it does seem to be true because um, when your intention 
are in tune, in resonance with the intentions of the whole, um, the whole that is trying to express itself, uh, then there is just no limit of how much you can intend that how much of it can come true. And right. that this is what happens in the life of a creative person. Right. Um, you know, what you just said, I, I think that for many people out there right now, you know, I think that it is such an important conversation, Dr. Goswami, that you have sat down and put together for us here today. You, you know, but we have views of the world. Um, and I know that you talk about that. I know in the quantum activists, uh, I know in the film, there, there are views that we have of the world that may seem to show up now as mistaken views of reality. Um, and, and those views of reality, in a sense, may bring us to a spiritual crisis at a global level. I think you talk about this. But here's right. the thing that I would love for you to comment, you know, um, as above, so below. It's not just a global crisis, but I know I'm not alone in saying that sometimes when our world gets rocked, each of us has to face, you know, the consequences of our own spiritual crisis and look for the opulence of opportunity. And I'd love for you to talk about what you've discovered around that or if, or if that's even true. This is, this is, it is true that crisis is an opportunity for us. It is, it is um, of course, uh, usually perceived as danger. And um, we should be alert and all that, the usual wisdom. But, you know, um, the Chinese um, enneagram that denotes uh, the word for crisis uh, means both danger and opportunity. And I think Chinese knew something, intuited something long ago that we are only realizing now. Every, almost every creative breakthrough is accompanied by this crisis, because only when crisis comes can we master the kind of burning question, the kind of urgency that we have to feel in order to get off our ass and encounter the new. The encountering the new and seeing the new, that requires an intensity. That intensity, you know, I find this myself uh, constantly, um, the intensity of being face-to-face with yourself. Um, this is why I never give a prepared lecture or a prepared interview or anything of that sort, because the intensity is generated better if you don't know anything of what the question is going to be, what the subject of discussion is going to be. You just depend on what is going to come up at that moment. And that intensity brings you face-to-face with your quantum self, and that's what creative response is all about, that encounter. Mm. You know, a couple of days ago, and, you know, maybe you can, we can talk to this. Um, I know that, first of all, um, you know, in, in the book that you wrote, and for, for those of you out there, Dr. Goswami, Goswami joining me here today, A God is Not Dead. And I, I want to touch upon this book for a minute, especially in the context of the film and a few other things that have now recently hit the, the, the population. The most recent is a study that was done where they, they talked about, you know, uh, people with mental illness and that folks that believed in a higher power of God, you know, had a quicker, easier time recovery. And I want to ask you, I mean, when I, not too long ago, I presented a platform to do research that had to do with God. 
and got in organizations. And I couldn't get anyone that was interested in looking at that or talking about it. Now, fast forward eight years, ten years, there are studies that are being funded about spirituality, about God, about healing, about science. What is the journey we're on with all of this? <laughs> well, um, and that's it. You know, basically the, the journey, that is the journey. In the other, uh, the opposition, the uh, little aberrations that take place, like our present worldview of scientific materialism, actually I shouldn't say present worldview of only 50%. That's what it is. The 50% holds on to the very old uh, religious worldview um, in, in many parts of the country, many parts of the world. And so um, there was a worldview struggle that is going on. Part of the world believes in uh, very archaic notions, very simplistic notions of God. Part of the world believes in scientific materialism, which is another form of God. Matter is God. So what is the way out? Is there God or isn't there God? If God isn't there, then we are not. We don't have any freedom either. We are, we are machines. So that's uh, obviously wrong because even the people who propose it, they propose it tongue and cheek. Nobody believes it. I haven't met except one person who pretended it, uh, Daniel Dennett, um, a philosopher. Um, except for him, nobody has openly claimed, but I think even he claimed it like tongue-in-cheek, that I'm a zombie. Because, if, you know, if the, the materialist worldview really means that uh, whatever I do is totally meaningless, uh, because it's all quartz and electrons that are doing it. Uh, you know, there is no, no me, no I, no consciousness uh, that is uh, outside of the domain of scientific materialism, um, outside of matter and material interactions. And how would quark and electrons know what your aspirations are, what your creativity is about, how you process meaning and all this? So uh, it happens. Sometimes we do ridiculous things. We have all been foolish. Uh, as a whole culture, we become foolish. And we have been doing many foolish things, as you know, violence itself and worse and all this stuff. So, but we also come out of it. The important thing is that uh, this kind of thing generates crisis, and when crisis is generated, we uh, need the energy that we need to put our mind to creativity, and that's how we come out of it. Crisis well, generates the energy to be creative. So all these aberrations, don't worry about it, because yeah. they're just, uh, just fuel for the fire of creativity. You know, I, I want to. Uh, I love this. I love this conversation. I want to get back to uh, to a little bit about the old guard guard for a minute. Uh, you know, one of the things that came across my desk because you know part of you know what I do is I still get emails about things that go on in the study of spirituality, spirituality, and so forth and so on. And it was interesting. I got an email the other day, and I wanted to share it with you. And, and it was, you know, somebody said to me. You know, look, there was a study that was done, and you need to look at it and talk about it on radio. Uh, and I said, well, well, what was the study about? They said, well, here's the deal. The study talked about people that were religious, um, spiritual versus religious. And, he's, and, 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 and the guy, my colleague, said to me, did you know that this study says that if you are uh, you know, if you are spiritual but not religious, you're more likely to face mental health issues and drug use. And I thought to myself, 
Wow. Um, where do we go with this? So a study gets done like this, and then what happens with this? This turns in to an entire belief system around, is my belief in a higher power good enough? Basically, you know, is it good enough? You know, where do we get to talk about the God of our choice uh, that has very little to do religious and maybe very little to do with spirituality, but more to do with what we believe in the miracles in our lives? And I wanted you to talk a little bit about that in terms of quantum physics. You know, then then my colleague says to me, you know who the first real quantum, a quantum physician was. You know who the first expert was in quantum physics. And I thought, I don't know. And so he went on to name four different spiritual icons. And he said, these are people that created miracles. What holds us back from doing that? And that's the question I want to ask you. What gets in the way of us tapping in to that unlimited innate power that quantum physics might point out to us? Yeah, that is a good question. I mean, that is that is precisely it. Um, what happens to most of us is that we get lost and clutter up our unconscious. In creativity, unconscious uh, what unconscious processes is very important. Unconscious and conscious; these are the two domains in which we live. In unconscious, we live in separate from that higher power that we talk about. That that whole that quantum consciousness we call it in the new science that has the causal power of choosing among the possibilities that quantum uh, dynamics offers us to choose from. Mm-hmm. So uh, this unconscious, uh, if it gets very cluttered up with known things with uh, and worse, which is like trauma, which is like suppressed and repressed emotions and um, all that, uh, or addictions, that kind of thing, or just humdrum of life, that kind of thing, if there is just too much emphasis on just garbage, then uh, there is no scope. Uh, mm-hmm. When we are processing the unconscious, there is no scope for looking at new possibilities. We get so lost in the process of uh, that encounter with the unconscious, which we do without awareness. We are, we are the unconscious. We become one with it. But there is nothing to process because it's all so full of just garbage. There is nothing new there. How do we bring in the new yeah. requires a certain cleaning up process. And that cleaning up, we uh, we need to, you know, that's the burning. That's the, that's the stuff I was talking about. That's the energy. That's the, uh, that says that, okay, I'm not going to, going to stay with all this stuff. I'm going to burn it up a little. Yeah. So if we have a burning question, then that burns up the known stuff quite a lot, and then some clarity is obtained. And then in addition, if we get sort of a synchronistic appearance of conflicts in our life, that creates further possibility. And if we learn the creative process, which is what quantum physics contribution is, which is the contribution of quantum activism, creative process makes it very clear. Do and be, both are essential to the creative process. 
So usually we think only do, do, do will do it, but it doesn't. We have to give the time which requires that unconscious, which produces that unconscious processing. If the unconscious is cleaned up, then unconscious will find the new that will, that will then give the answer to the problem. That's how people become creative. That's how they unblock themselves. I love it. Isn't the other thing also, and I love what you said, it's not just about the doing, it's the doing and the being, but it's not just about the being either, right? No, no, because right, if we right. become into being, then we are just right. lazy. We lose right. the impetus of doing anything. So right. we have to constantly stoke the fire, and that stoking the fire, keep it alive, keep the, uh, you know, fire has to burn the garbage continuously and so as the give us the energy to uh, uh, do the whole thing. I mean, the doing is a central part of it. I call it doobie, doobie, doob. It, it's a very appropriate uh, jingle to remember always because um, the doing is focused doing. It requires energy. And being, of course, is relaxing. So that, too, is part of the process. I, I really love this because, you know, uh, I don't, I don't know, you know, what your life is like, but I want to talk about this with you for a second. You know, I didn't have the, let me just say, the good sense to understand about this clearing away, this burning, this living in the question. And what the, what I believe from a completely quantum physics point of view was that the things happen in my life to sort of spark me into that place. I mean, I didn't lose my job after 25 years so that I could sit on a couch and be depressed. There was something else <laughs> that was waiting to happen for me, right? Right? Right. I didn't know it at the time. But I remember this, and I'd love for you to talk to this moment, and I, I'd love to hear how you describe this because I actually don't know how. But I remember as my boss was firing me, uh, Dr. Goswami, I remember as she was standing in front of me firing me, I had, a, I had this job for 25 years, right? Getting fi- Talking to me, I heard a voice. And the voice said to me, you need to call Columbia University. Now, here I am in the most stressful moment of my life, literally going to get escorted out of the building. But all I could hear was this voice. I must have had a moment that was so open to hear that voice. And what I did was call Columbia. And what I found out was I had applied to Columbia University two years prior to that. This was the last day that my registration would have been active. I had to get from New Jersey to New York in 45 minutes, a near impossible feat. But I didn't even let my boss finish and I was out the door. How do you describe moments like that? Because I think we all have them. We all have those moments, right? Yeah, we do sometimes. Yes, not 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 all of them as dramatic as your experience was. But this is this is a, such a wonderful example of synchronicity. This is the kind of thing you know. It, your story is very special, but everyone's synchronicity story is very special in its own way. Uh, what we what we don't realize is that these things happen in our life. And um, we don't we don't know that they will happen repeatedly if we look for them. If we if we don't become, you know, as you said, sit on the sofa and enjoy our glory. If we don't become like that, instead, if we just keep on going, because creativity is a never-ending process. How can we stop 
creatively discovering love? How can you stop creatively discovering justice ever? Although you may do one or two cases, but you want to do more, and, and there are so many archetypes, abundance, take that one, you know? So that's just a never-ending process of creativity. Carl Jung had a, had a word called individuation. We, from, from childhood, we start trying to become an individual, which, by which I mean that creative individual who will create his or her new thing, own things, own things to take responsibility for, own things to create and, and, and become that individual. And, and you just go on becoming individual. You, you just invest in the archetypes forever and ever again and again um, until you can say that you have a really a fair amount of mastery over them. Then Jung's name, individuated, would apply. If at that point you feel that you are bored, okay, you may escape. That's the, that's the process that spiritual traditions call enlightenment. When mm. you become a mystic, you, you give it all up. You give up the accomplishment orientation of the ego, and you take the escape. That's okay. God permits you that. But, but unless that boredom is coming to you, keep on doing, because that's what all the fun is. Right? Yes, it is. Yes. Let's talk about the fun in your life for a minute, if we could. Um, when I think about, I take a minute and I, and I, and I, I really met you, you know, early on what the bleep and so forth, but it's been really an honor to, you know, watch your journey, be part of it. And, and, you know, here I find you in, in, in this film, let's talk about the quantum activist, the film. And, you know, one of the things I picked up and I read, you know, I do a lot of reading these days, but, you know, I, I, I read that this is, this is a work. Uh, you know, they call it a stunning precision that comes to the forefront to to talk with us, to demonstrate, to ask us, to beg us to be in the question of that which we now call the bridge between God and science. But I was so struck by your own journey. I mean, isn't your life filled with synchronicities to bring you to this point? You know, a point where you've now become a spokesperson for this. You know, you had to be saying a lot of yeses in your life. And, and I want to ask you, what was your greatest challenge to get here? Well, I, I don't know if there is anything that is the, the greatest challenge, but I'll, I'll tell you this. You know, um, the most challenging thing that I have found is really not even the Quantum measurement problem, which uh, solution of which, of course, opened up a new vista of, of creative endeavors for me, and all these things we are talking about, creativity, quantum activism, all that is product of that particular uh, wonderful insight. But uh, that was not the toughest thing for me. The toughest thing for me has been uh, to learn how to love. Mm. If I have to admit that what is the toughest archetype to follow, it's not the archetype of truth. Because there, all you need is um, an, a, a, a uh, uh, intention, um, capacities, uh, some abilities, you do need that. And you need a very open mind and you need tenacity. So you need uh, definitely some of the wonderful attributes that, that I just mentioned. But in love, you need also a partner who will, who will dance with you. 
And, you know, it, it just cannot be done. Creativity, to a large extent, can be done by yourself, although it, too, is facilitated if you have collaborators. But, but I never did in the uh, new endeavor of consciousness research. Um, and it still works out. But in love, you just cannot do it by yourself. You have to do it with somebody else. And this uh, jump from I consciousness to we consciousness is such a fantastic challenge, <laughs> I tell you. It's, it's, it's tremendous. I mean, um, it's also wonderful. So, you know, don't, don't get scared off any of the listeners, please. Because <laughs> it's also wonderful. Um, but it is difficult. It's a tough one. I mean, you know. It is the toughest challenge that anybody probably ever faces. If you want to really love, and, yeah. and, and, and if you have tried, you know what I mean. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm sort of in that same category with you. Um, but you're right. I mean, isn't it really paradoxical in a sense, right? It becomes one of our greatest challenges to love. And yet, at the same time, it's always right on the forefront of what we are about to receive. And what I mean by that is, you know, it's hard for us to be into this incredible intention, this energy, this flow, this abundance, and step forth in love when paradoxically there are so many horrific things going on in the world, but those things require love. Do you see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. I mean... I, I, I was um, I was reading about this uh, this young woman uh, that uh, uh, that was shot um, over in uh, Pakistan, I guess it was, and for whatever reason, it wasn't her journey to to die, and you know right. she she survived this, and yep. there was a conversation back and forth about it is her survival that people talk about and what the significance and the meaning of that is and how people now come together. So I want to ask you, does it have to always take a crisis or a catastrophe to raise our level of awareness and consciousness and love? It seems that that's what we hear about most. Yeah, it, 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 it does seem that way, and um, it will go on like that for quite a while because the uh, negative emotional brain circuits are built into us by evolution. So unless evolutionarily we succeed uh, uh, building some positive emotional brain circuits as part of our being, we don't have as yet. And that is why so much opposition. In the part of the world that she lives, this woman, this wonderful young woman, I'm very aware of her life, and may God bless her all the time. She's still an activist. She's doing her thing. She has found it, and, you know, uh, I just pray for her. uh, Every time I remember to pray for her, I will do do this. And this is because... um, uh, this part of the world is so full of bigotry, so full of just hate for half of the world's population, to all the women. This culture, whole culture, is so uh, used to undermining women, 
so scared of unleashing women's power because they're so scared of their sexuality. They're so afraid of their sexuality. So uh, in that part of the world, to stand up and be counted requires such courage because yes. it's going to encounter this kind of opposition, violent opposition. You know, it's like it's like Giorgino Bruno, the astronomer, being burned at a stake, and that was hundreds of years ago in the West. This kind of thing, that kind of thing does not happen. You know, nobody burned me, nobody burned you, uh, nobody right. even threatened to burn, although, you know, intellectually, yes. Um, yes. <laughs> people have tried to do damages, uh, but that's different. Uh, this girl had to literally uh, uh, confront opposition like Bruno had to do uh, hundreds of years yes. ago. And this yes. is still going on in this 21st century world, and this is where we live. And, and evolutionarily, we have to change, And uh, you know, but we have good theories and good hopes now. There is a uh, mythology that is called 100 monkey syndrome. The name is not particularly appropriate. But that's another story. The point of it is that there is now a good theory uh, promoted by Rupert Schultz at first, but I also support it and many other scientists like me, which is that all we need is a threshold of people uh, to change, to make yeah. this positive emotional brain circuit in a certain way that we call non-local, being connected in a signal-less communicational pattern that are done with local communication. If we can do this, like the tribal ancient people did that and build this uh, negative emotional brain circuit in us, um, similarly, if we can take that same tribal um, connection, but this time use it to complete the job of integrating feelings and reason, you know, um, that will build that positive emotional brain circuit that will forever in our brain, in our basic physical structure, uh, balance the negative with the positive. Then we don't have to suffer from these banks of violence that comes over us whenever we feel threatened, whenever we feel that we have to defend us against something because otherwise we will be destroyed. Yes. I, I don't know about you, but one of the groundbreaking uh, uh, books that I uh, or body of work that I got to read early on, and I didn't understand why I had had picked this book. And actually, you know, I was in a class and each of us picked a number from a hat. And, <laughs> and out of that, it, it, you know, there were a lot of different books is what I'm trying to say. But uh, out of the hat, uh, I picked uh, a name. And the name that, that I was picked was Viktor Frankl. Now, <laughs> I know you're laughing, right? Uh, now, and it is funny because here I was in this class and everybody else, I thought, oh, my God, they got all these great people. They're going to be, I mean, I, this is really what I thought at the time. And I said, oh, they got, and everybody's like, what did you get? And I said, well, I got a, a Viktor Emil Frankl. And they said, who's that? I have to tell you that when I read his his work and, and Man's Search for Meaning, one of them, and I went on to read other things, I knew that it was not a mistake that this is what no. I was meant to read. <laughs> yeah. But let's talk about that. I mean, what kind of consciousness does it take 
to be in the most horrific experience you can imagine and have such a prophetic experience as he did and then be able to tell the world about it. Yeah, yeah. This is a great creative man we are talking about. Yeah. So, you know, uh, creative people, they say, uh, dance to a different tune. Victor Frankl is one of the great examples of such a unique person, and uh, he gave he gave us so much hope. Um, if, if a man like him can survive the kind of stuff that he did, and then tell us about it, and not only that, take uh, further uh, the ideas that we are sharing today. You know, these archetypal ideas and yep. taking timeless archetypes and investing and investigating them. And um, also, you know, there's a great line in Viktor Frankl, I must tell you this, that that really has uh, shed so much light on what the goal of my life is, is that, you know, we have the Statue of Liberty in the East Coast, but uh, we need to raise the Statue of Responsibility on the West Coast. Yeah. And this idea that creativity, creative work must come with taking responsibility for the creative work. And uh, if you generalize it, we have to generalize the concept of responsibility. I was talking about how to go from I to we consciousness, finding relationship. You know the basic part of going from I to we relationship? We start taking responsibility for our neighbors. We start taking responsibility for our friends, for the people that work for us. And and in this way, you know, we pull up people from uh, states of very low awareness. The, the point is that they are in very low awareness not because that they don't have the potential, but because there have been trauma in their life, there have been forgetfulness in their life, there have been crises in their life they could not survive. Victor Frankl was one of the great ones, and he was a great creative person, so he did. But many people don't. But if we encounter such a person, our reaction should be that this is part of the human family too, and therefore we should we should pull them up, helping them with our own creativity. If we just intend to have a relationship with one person, we become non-locally correlated with this person, so says quantum physics. So if we just lend our elevated consciousness to people who don't have the right kind of um, level of awareness that it takes to be creative, if we just lend them our creativity just for a few moments at a time during a day, just by agreeing, just by talking to them, just by agreeing to have a relationship, simple relationship, just say hello in a kind way, Yes, that gives them that opportunity of, of being lifted. So even for a moment, that non-local consciousness could help them, their awareness level to be elevated enough to come out of the complete stupor, complete ignorance that people live and continue to live. Oh, it's uh, thank you. I can't thank you enough for joining me here today. I want to make sure everyone goes to the website, quantumactivist.com. Dr. Goswami, thank you so much for joining me here today on the show. I, I just have one last question. What, what's your personal message? What would you love to leave us with today? Well, um, we are talking about God. We are talking about quantum activism. I really would like to leave the message that that read about quantum activism, read about quantum physics, read about 
what choices you have and how you can live a creative life. If you like it, become a quantum activist in your life. You don't have to officially uh, look up our website or join our movement, nothing like that. But just be committed that I will become this creative individual that I heard people talk about today. I'll fulfill my American dream, not in terms of materialism, like getting a good house or a big car, not like that. I will be an American like the individual Americans that founded this country. I'll become uh, an, a, a, a follower of that kind of idea, Thomas mm-hmm. Jefferson. Let that be the uh, inspiration of my life. I love it. I just have one last question. Where can I get my quantum activist T-shirt from? (laughs) (laughs) I went to your website and I thought, he doesn't have a T-shirt here. (laughs) No, we don't. We we have thought about it, but we shied away from it because we felt that, um, you know, um, it is a nice idea, I must say. It's tempting, but. Uh, we just we just couldn't. Sorry. That's all right. I'm going to see what I can <laughs> do about But somebody that. in Brazil, somebody in Brazil is talking about a. Um, they have they're manufacturing a pen, which shows yes. a picture of a hat on which uh, it is written. I'm a quantum activist in Brazilian. I love it. Thank you so much for joining me here today. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. It's been an honor and a pleasure. It is my pleasure too. Thank you. All right. Wow. Everyone, I'll tell you. If you've missed any part of this interview, uh, we'll make sure it's up uh, in the next couple days. I want to thank you all for tuning us in, turning us on. We'll see you next time on the Dr. Pat Show. Listening to Transformation Talk Radio. Our hosts are setting a new standard for a fresh kind of talk radio, creating conversations that are transforming the world, one listener at a time. Transformation Talk Radio's mission is to broadcast a distinct blend of live talk radio interviews with a mix of uplifting and intelligent news, educational and practical information. Topics range from personal development to critical issues relevant to a rapidly changing world. Stay tuned. Transformation Talk Radio starts at the top of every hour. Stop. Get out of that car. Stop living your life in the passenger seat. Tune in to TransformationTalkRadio.com and let us help you drive. People say that 
too much of anything is not good for you, baby. But I don't know about that. Love is officially in the air. Transformation Talk Radio and the Dr. Pat Show is showing you love all year long, not just for Valentine's Day. Dr. Pat, known for her pay-it-forward manifesto, is now joined by the hosts on Transformation Talk Radio. I'm in love, baby, with Transformation Talk Radio. Tune in to TransformationTalkRadio.com. Amazing hosts, incredible guests. Get your groove on. Feel the love, be the love. Can't get enough for your love, There's a great hunger in this world for new lines of thought, because everywhere you look, they say that joy can just be bought. So please come and set aside some time to relax from frenetic. Transform your life. It takes a while, but results are magnetic. We aim to grasp the best in life and track the ways we grew. The how, the why, the what, wherefore, all this we share and do. But every now and then, we hope that you will share right back. Transformation Talk Radio wants you to hop on track. So calling all hosts, tall and small, of every size and hue, there's nobody we'd rather have to tell your tale than you. And if you have a tale to tell of how your life is changing, we'd love to hear you on the line say how you're rearranging. So run, don't walk, to call us now. We'll set you up and show you how. Hi, this is Dr. Pat. Join our radio family. Send us an email, host at transformationtalkradio.com or call 1-800-930-2819. Host your own show. Let us help you bring your voice to the world. You're listening to Transformation Talk Radio. Our hosts are setting a new standard for a fresh kind of talk radio, creating conversations that are transforming the world, one listener at a time. Transformation Talk Radio's mission is to broadcast a distinct blend of live talk radio interviews with a mix of uplifting and intelligent news, educational and practical information. Topics range from personal development to critical issues relevant to a rapidly changing world. Stay tuned. Transformation Talk Radio starts at the top of every hour. Transformation Talk Radio showcases a distinct blend of live talk radio interviews with a mix of uplifting and intelligent news, education, and practical information. Topics range from personal development to critical issues relevant to a rapidly changing world. Our hosts bring together some of the planet's most preeminent and visionary change makers, best-selling authors, motivational speakers, leading-edge scientists and futurists, environmentalists and educators, world-renowned spiritual leaders, inventors, filmmakers, artists, mystics, and healers that are stimulating and supporting individual and collective growth. Get ready to create positive cultural shifts on Transformation Talk Radio. Join us in making a meaningful difference in the world. TransformationTalkRadio.com That's TransformationTalkRadio.com You're tuned in to Transformation Talk Radio. Think the Dr. Pat shows the cat's meow? Just listen to what some of her transformative guests have had to say. What's your personal message? What would you like to leave us with? Uh, believe in yourself always. Remember that uh, you are a gift. You are a miracle. And the only way you can return any part of that gift is what you do with it. 
live into yourself and be that miracle. I love it. Eldon Taylor, everyone. And, and thank you, Pat. I love joining you. You're a wonderful host. Thank you. And we're going to bring Eldon back because we, we just haven't even scratched the surface here. Thank you all for tuning us in, turning us on. Thank you for listening. And keep us tuned in right here on Transformation, Transformation Talk, Talk Radio. Radio. Transformation Talk Radio, a higher consciousness perspective. The hosts on Transformation Talk Radio offer a positive and new paradigm shift, a new vision for a collective future. They are empowering and helping all of us experience a powerful wave of personal shifts and cultural change as we break through to even greater levels of awareness. Take down our toll-free number, 1-800-930-2819. Call in, connect, make sure you tap into some of the world's most empowering psychics, healers, and more. Get an on-air reading with the best. Tune in, TransformationTalkRadio.com. Hey, everybody, we'll see you there. You're listening to Transformation Talk Radio. Our hosts are setting a new standard for a fresh kind of talk radio, creating conversations that are transforming the world, one listener at a time. Transformation Talk Radio's mission is to broadcast a distinct blend of live talk radio interviews with a mix of uplifting and intelligent news, educational and practical information. Topics range from personal development to critical issues relevant to a rapidly changing world. Stay tuned. Transformation Talk Radio starts at the top of every hour. Stop. Get out of that car. Stop living your life in the passenger seat. Tune in to TransformationTalkRadio.com and let us help you drive. People say that too much of anything is not good for you, baby. But I don't know about that. Love is officially in the air. Transformation Talk Radio and the Dr. Pat Show is showing you love all year long, not just for Valentine's Day. Dr. Pat, known for her Pay It Forward manifesto, is now joined by the hosts on Transformation Talk Radio. I'm in love, baby, with Transformation Talk Radio. Tune in to TransformationTalkRadio.com. Amazing host, incredible guest. Get your groove on. Feel the love, be the love. Can't get enough of your love, Oh, some things I can't get used to.